0: Hey everyone, it's Dave. And before we get this episode started, wanted to let you know that we will be doing a live recording of this podcast along with Mike's other podcast, 372 pages We'll Never Get Back, April 11th at Sisyphus Brewing in Minneapolis. And so you can go to sisyphusbrewing.com and click on comedy events. You'll find a calendar there where you can buy a ticket. Um, seating is very limited for this, so I want to encourage you to go get your ticket right away. Um, You can also find the event on Facebook. We've hosted that too. And uh, the topic for the night is going to be Ernest Cline's uh, Ready Player One, which is being turned into a feature-length film to be released at the end of March 2018, directed by none other than Steven Spielberg. So uh, there are a lot of uh, religious or um, some might say anti-religious themes in this work, and so we're gonna explore those. It's gonna be a great night of of comedy, of uh, gunting—if you'll get that reference—if you know Klein's work at all—but uh, but a really fun night uh, to talk around this and to drink some delicious uh, beer brewed right there at Sisyphus. So uh, go ahead, get your tickets, and we hope to see you at our live recording of this podcast. All right, now let's get to the show.
1: yes so yes that music means it's time for another like trees walking and so this is so we started it because that music started dave and i dave berge i'm mike nelson we are legally required to start a like trees walking when we hear that music <laughs> so if you're ever in our vicinity if you just start playing that we will begin a podcast
0: legally and contractually obligated to do so
1: Yes. Oh, we're under a heavy contract. Oh, this thing is airtight. <laughs> There's no. Tra- I've had my lawyer look it over. I cannot get out from under this thing. I'm like Billy Joel in the early days or Bruce Springsteen.
0: Or Prince, right? Prince wanted to get out oh, from
1: under it. Slave.
0: It was a slave to the record company. Warner Brothers? Yeah, it was. Did he like release a bunch of bad records or is there a a way to get out where it's like all right i'll give you yeah i'll make a record
1: uh van morrison There there's a couple people who made them i believe metal machine music by uh lou reed was a contractual obligation album and uh, van morrison famously made three of them i think oh, Wow. where he just strums the guitar clumsily as though with a fist and sings nonsense words over and over again did they release them yeah, you can buy them. They're, they're actually sold as real things because the owner of them, who he turned over the tapes to and was like, here's your album, you know, with double birds flipped his way and, and the guy released them. And so people do buy them. I think some people are unaware that it was not a... It wasn't a good faith effort to buy. It, it was him. not an art piece that... Yeah, so... Uh, and I think the same is true of metal machine music. But look, we're not a music blog, no. although we could easily talk about oh, that for me. hours. I mean... <laughs> Uh, the replacements, uh, <laughs> um, they're from our hometown, so I think we're pretty well qualified. Yeah, Minnesota, Minneapolis Sound. Prince, uh, excuse me. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a little more into Morris Day in the time. I mean, that's, you know. uh hoosker Anyway, no, this is uh, like... Soul <laughs> Asylum, I mean... <laughs> the list goes on. Oh, yeah. The Jets. Marcy Playground. Uh, the point being... <laughs> Now, this is a podcast where we talk about the big important issues of life, philosophy, theology, uh, life and death ghosts um, goblins goblins what is a goblin ghouls uh,
0: i don't what is the difference between a ghost, a ghoul and a goblin because people always throw out ghosts and goblins, and I feel like no one's I, I think of a goblin as like a kind
1: of a devilish look almost like a gargoyle or a grotesque that seems more like a physical Manifestation, yeah, The ghost. A and, go- then, and what's the difference between a ghost and a ghoulie or a ghoul? Uh, I, I don't know, Mike. And what's uh, and a banshee? A, ba- it, a banshee it, seems to be like a particular. Well, you that's know, a, it's an Irish, it's thing. Scottish, it's or like Irish? the wailing. Yeah, but it's just, it's some a sort of witch. Of banshee. Yeah, I don't know.
0: So, uh, the only banshees I know are the ones that played with Susie. Yeah, yes, and her banshees
1: Oh, that is a nice way to bring it back around. Thank you. Um, but no, that's i mean—that's not our main topic today, although it may be on another podcast. Like a Halloween
0: special. I, I see that one coming.
1: Yeah, but it's funny. It is, it's near that, but we will get to that in a moment because uh, we just want to tell you that uh, we're going to talk about this big, important topic in just a very little moment. And then after that, uh, we kind of unpack other items, things that interest us and hopefully you, the listening audience. And uh, that's a tidy show for us. And so should we just get into let's it? Let's do it. All right, let's get into it. We'll talk about the big, important topic. This is one I'm sort of opposing to the learned pastor, and if you're not a regular listener, he is a learned pastor. pastor has several degrees, I think, <laughs> right? I have, an, uh, I have my high school diploma. Uh, yeah? Okay. Check. Okay, why are I'm, you dis- you're, you're
0: acting like not that's nothing? Not everyone gets that. Not everyone gets that, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. I have my undergraduate degree. My uh, my B.A. my Bachelor of Arts, and I have my Master of Divinity. Yeah, so that's so I got, that's three degrees right there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> of separation. Six degrees. Um, all right, so here's my question for you, and I'm if, if it sounds a little rote, I'm just to remind myself I wrote down some of the things about it because it's a it's a question, and then it has follow up questions. So I'll just ask them all at the same time. So pastor Christians believe that in the spiritual realm believe in the spiritual realm and its interaction with the physical realm you know for example the sacraments Jesus casting out spirits the demoniac etc so how much and in what ways does this spiritual world touch today's world when people have two or more iPhones and think that it's all hokum mm-hmm. um, what do we do about this and then in a moment I'll, I'll I'll just to remind myself though we'll touch on like the third world where it's seems to be play out in a different way, um, but, but talk about the modern world. What do we as Christians think of, of evil, that the evil that we read about constantly in the New Testament, Jesus casting out of demons, was a major part of his, his mission. And so do we see that still, and what do we do with that? Great question. Mike. Thank you. Thank you. What if? What if it was just one iPhone?
0: Because that's the, <laughs> that the thing that's hanging you up. Would that change? The, would that change? No, no, no. So, and this is famously put, um, uh, I, I don't, I can't recall exactly how it was put, but a, a similar type of question or statement was made by the uh, very influential uh, 20th century German theologian and uh, and he was a New Testament scholar named Rudolf Bultmann, And he said, you know, it's impossible to believe in the spiritual realm or maybe the miraculous. And live in the world where we have the electric light bulb, he said. Mm. And mm. so this, and this was coming from someone who then said, well, we, th- that there's a kind of an existential dimension that, so that's what this is speaking to is that in every, you know, era, um, God accommodates himself to whatever the prevailing thought world is to speak into these kind of ex- how are we translate these things right. into existentially right. meaningful categories you know, you know the evil then meant a, a you know a very real world filled with you know demons and evil influences that were actually considered as out there but now you know we know they're not and so we have to translate them and the way that usually works in the contemporary landscape is is sort of these these things get psychologized, right? right.
1: Yes, that's the the major way that it's uh, tucked in there.
0: And so, yeah, what do we what do we do with that? And and I think I first just acknowledge that um, we do like all Western Christians or most Western Christians live in a, well, we all live in a post enlightenment world, and so I think we think about these questions or we experience them from that perspective like we can't it's very difficult to go back into say like Martin Luther's shoes where we think about Martin Luther and he's the father of the modern world but you know he one of the formative experience of his life that drove him to that really drove him to the priesthood to leave law that he was studying and drove him to the priesthood was he was in the middle of this storm and it was this terrifying rainstorm and he called out to Saint Anne save me and I'll give my life to you because he lived in a world that was full of Evil. I mean, evil that was a a constant presence, and the devil. He said, you know, he can be scared off with a joke or with a, you know, some other bodily excretion. Like the devil was a constant companion to Martin Luther in terms of his thinking. It was very, very real. So we don't experience the evil most of us in that exact same way as he did. But I I don't. um, I think it's undeniable, as you said, the New Testament, Jesus. Like, you lose a lot from the story if you take away the spiritual realm. Like This seems to be one of the primary things that Jesus came to do is, is do battle with sin, um, not just as bad things that we do, but this uh, power that is out there in the spiritual realm that is opposed to God's purposes, that is trying to woo us from the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God into this other kingdom, the, right. the, you know, the kingdom of the enemy. And so, yeah, we don't experience it the same way, but I don't think we can deny its reality without... Missing almost, you know, missing a lot. I'll, 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 I'll just say that. And so how do we reconcile with that in the modern world? And I think that there is, we just recognize that um, if we believe, if we are, if we are, it's the first step is to just move beyond materialism. So if we are purely materialist and this world is all there is, the particles, the particles, nothing but the particles, then I, of course there's no room right. for them at all. But then of course there's no room for God. Either right <laughs> yeah so that's that's not a move that's not a move I think we can make so we we are we recognize that there's a dimension um, to existence that is beyond the material and that that what is uh, not the material actually precedes the material and and so there's this spiritual dimension to our existence and then we think about well what if we read the New Testament what are you know that people aren't being po- We don't see possession in that same way, although there's some interesting works, even by psychologists. Uh, the People of the Lie is this one book that my mom was really into growing up. Uh, oh, yeah. Francis right.
1: McNutt, right? Or no, am I... No, no. Um, uh, the guy who wrote The Road Less Travel. Oh, what's his name? <clears throat> uh, this is bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, but he makes a case, a clinical case for diagnosing some of his... Pe- M. Scott Peck. M. Scott Peck. There yeah. we go. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. It's thank a you, similar man. name to McNaught, isn't it? Yeah. M. Scott Peck. M. Scott Peck. McNaught.
0: That there are just people who, like, we reach the end of our, you know, the, our modern tools to deal with. Like, that there is, um, and it says in Scripture, that the devil is the father of lies, of the people of the lie, right? This, there's a a spiritual... Um, a spiritual darkness that has embedded itself in them that is, um, Im, you know, impervious to the tools of clinical psychology. So, um, I, I think that we we as Christians are open to um, what that might do. We're not overly fascinated with it in the sense of like you know, in some ways, one of the gifts of being a modern person is that we're um, we're not as worried about like we're not as maybe fascinated in what could perhaps move one in a more kind of occultish. Direction that we're not as that we kind of have disabused these spirits of their power because you know for a Christian person we you know we've been baptized God given a spirit to us so we are protected against the slings and the arrow of of the enemy so in some ways it's a we're not worried about you because you don't have any power or claim over us so there's something right. healthy I think that comes from um, from that sense of yeah I don't need to believe in you like you're not stronger you have no claim over me you're not the boss of me now. And, you know, like it yeah. says in uh, uh, the great Malcolm in the Middle, you're not the boss of me now, you're not the boss of me now. <laughs> Sorry. I,
1: I do not know that. Is that part that's of scripture? The, that's the or? Thing. Sorry, that's okay. the
0: thing. But you're not, you're like, you have no, the, the devil's slings and arrows have no, have no power or force over me. There's, that's part of maybe one of the advantages of living in a modern world. And, and people who I've known who have served in third world contexts, some of them have said, yeah, it's really hard to live with to minister in a place where there's so much superstition because there's still a bit of what they call superstition is, is there still so much like these dark forces are still seen as almost like an equal power, um, to God. And so it's like, it's, you know, God versus what is evil and the evil is almost on the equal footing. So you kind of can run back to that. Um, but, but all that to say, uh, that a, a very helpful way of thinking about its influence in the modern world Done by the uh, inimitable C.S. Lewis in the screw tape letters, to me, that's been very helpful in thinking about the spiritual realm as how its, it's primary point, the, especially the evil spiritual realm, is to lure us away from God. Yeah And so that's going to look different in our day and age than it did, you know, uh, 200 years ago. Or whatever and so it's this imagination of how this person is being tempted or moved or influenced away from god and and to me it's beyond just something happening in their own personality but there is a a a spiritual whatever however spooky that might sound a spiritual influence some kind of personal influence upon uh the human soul trying to move you away from faithfulness to god
1: Right. And just to back up two questions about this. So, first of all, if if it were just in Jesus' time just a psychological issue, surely Jesus who if you are a believer, I'm speaking as a believer now, would be able to say to that person, "Oh, um you don't have a there's not a demon, you have a psychological problem of which I am more than able to cure." <laughs> like this would have been cleared up by him. He he would have he's not playing along with someone's ruse because he's the son of god you know looking at it as a as a christian right i mean he's not going to he he would have the power to identify it as what it is and he identified them as spiritual beings as entities with seemingly some sort of mind and and will yeah and
0: uh, yeah i had a seminary professor uh you yeah, know a very nice man but he wrote he was in the pastoral psychology department and so he wrote this book and i'm not saying that this was the extent of his perspective i don't know that well enough to speak to it but jesus village psychiatrist you know so that his like that there (laughs) is that he was walking around doing mental health service though you know and Mm. that's the best available like language of its day and i haven't read the book and i had a class with him but i don't remember wanting to speak to it but kind of again that that the the turn of the from the spiritual to the psychological because that's about as far as many modern people can go into the realm of what seems spooky but I, i think there's a reason we go to the mind because there's something irreducible like it's material but it's not reducible to that and so that's why the mind is that touch point but i'm just saying we can go we can go further than that, since the mind is actually a helpful analogy for us. That's something that's the ghost in the machine, right? Is what our conscience is, our consciousness is called. So that can be a helpful way to think about how something can interact with the the physical, but be be beyond the physical um, right. as well. To me, that's an an interesting uh, an interesting thing. A- and uh, yeah, I mean, beyond that, like there's so much of so much of the New Testament is is about this. Spiritual cosmic battle. I mean, you can't like really make make sense of it. There's a, a NT Wright, uh, who's one of my favorite uh, New Testament r- uh, scholars and writers. He's just really interesting uh, writer about uh, faith and life. And he says, you know, when you study the historical Jesus, basically it, there came to this impasse in thinking about it, and it was either There was one path that led you down thoroughgoing skepticism, basically like all this is made up and it's not true. And it's, you know, or maybe there's just a kernel of it in there somewhere. Thoroughgoing skepticism or a thoroughgoing eschatology. And what he meant by that was this real, I mean, focus on Jesus's life and ministry as this um, cosmic event event of cosmic significance and spiritual significance, at least in the mind of those who are going through it. And so for those of us who share that same perspective, I mean, there's no way For my my thinking, there's no way to go but the way of thoroughgoing eschatology, which is to take us down the realm of the spiritual. And another caveat to everything I'm saying, I know I'm kind of rambling, but hey, what else? That's what we do. Exactly. Uh, That when we think about, I think if you had, and something that's really interesting to me Mm -hmm. is if you had, let's turn back the clock to the year 1900 Mm -hmm. in the Christian world, and the center of Christianity is in Europe... Um, and uh, there's been, a you know, the tools of of higher criticism have emerged and, you know, Darwinian evolution has emerged. And so the, basically there's this modernist uh, move, this modernist fundamentalist controversy. And so if you'd asked the person in 1900, well, what's Christianity, what's like the most dominant form of Christianity going to look like in the year 2000 and the fastest growing, you know, I think if you were a smart person, you would have bet your money on some kind of um, – turn to this more psychologized or subjectivized in, in interpretation of the faith that we need to translate these things into existential categories in order mm-hmm. for this thing to even stay alive. And then in the early 1900s in Los Angeles, there's this Azusa street revival that breaks out and it's this, this Pentecostalism is this whole mo- global movement. It's, it's, I mean, the it might become the dominant form of global Christianity within our lifetimes that is all about the Holy spirit and spiritual gifts and exorcisms and all that kind of stuff that it's that it's like we try to pour concrete over um, this aspect of human experience, and it just keeps bubbling. The spiritual just keeps bubbling up and breaking through the surface. So it's it's irrepressible in a certain way. Try as we might to psychologize or um, make it into a metaphor or existentialize it and translate it into different categories. The spiritual, it, for good, and the dark portions of it keep bubbling up and bursting out beyond what we can, can find and contain it.
1: Almost as if it's a real thing. Right? <laughs> Um, I, I was thinking as you were talking there, we brought up before the things that um, from the outside look to the modern eye, sort of like the creepy aspects of, or just the dumb or the, dismi- the ones when you can easily dismiss someone. Saying to someone in a modern age, I'm a Christian— doesn't say a whole lot until until you say like I'm a uh, follower of Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and Savior. Now you're into creepy territory, and then if you go a step further and say and I totally believe that the devil is a real thing or some devils or yeah. then you're just you're completely written out of polite society <laughs> for the most part, and so that's just an aspect of it too. Is like nobody wants to be the one going like I don't know. I, I was, I was a missionary in, uh, in Africa. I saw some things I can't explain. I've had many conversations with people who were like, I went in a stone-cold skeptic and came out of, you know, hair standing on end. <laughs> saw something there. Don't know what it is. So anyway, that's just uh, another aspect is it's easy to just sort of fold that sheet under the bed and smooth it all real nice so we don't have to think about it. And, and, and I think that
0: because we are in our own culture, that there's aspects of it that are that are that are spiritual that we don't even that we can't even appreciate because that's just the way things are you know that's just the way things are and happen around here where other people might come in from the outside and look and go this is the product of like yeah. all these dark evil forces that are working on you and yeah you know we can we can give some partial explanation of them because of material circumstances but they they go beyond that you know like yeah. like man the fact that um you know, I was in high school, and when this start, when this phenomenon started, it, it continues today. Like the math, like people taking guns and just mass shootings at schools. You know, that wasn't a thing, or like trying to like mass murder your classmates and teachers. That wasn't a thing until the late nineties. And then, yeah, there's social contagion and the availability of weapons. But there's also like to me seems like this dark <laughs> spiritual component to it um, that maybe plays upon these vulnerabilities. Within our within our own within our own culture and society, just to just to give one example.
1: Yeah, right? I mean, there's a little bit of the. Uh the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is right it's that,
0: convincing. Yeah, Kaiser Soze. Yeah, Am,
1: Ambrose Beers is that who originally said that? I, I don't remember the yeah, writer. Convince the world. Of, yeah, the, that he does not exist. And and is there some element of that in the modern world? Like, of course, the I devil's so. going to hang back because it's easy to laugh at the in these days if we're a society that just does laugh at that kind of stuff. And then, so the devil's not going to appear and go, ha ha. <laughs> i'm the I'm the red suit guy as as c. s. Lewis calls him the guy in the tights and the little tail and everything. he's just not going to show up that way
0: no absolutely I, I yeah i think I think that's true that there there is even more power in the diabolical if it can pass off as not even it's not even there right right we can't we're blind to it we're a nerd to it we can't we can't see it and so then we can't be on guard and, and fight against it. And I mean, there is, of course, the danger of going over, you know, overboard. And belief in the spiritual realm can be a manifestation, yes, of exactly. me- mental illness and the way people engage in it. Yeah, there's no denying that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that always goes both ways. One either believes one is a devil or the the savior. You know, yeah. the, the guy pushing a shopping cart and screaming at you is one or the other. Most of the time. Uh, all right. Well, that is helpful. I think there's much more to say
0: about there's that. So much to say. So that's just my like beginning ramblings as, as you present that to me is to say, yeah, there is a there's a difference between how they experienced it then and how we experience now, but that's it's not that it's not real. It's just that we're, <laughs> we're Yeah, in- it
1: didn't it didn't cease and it uh it didn't go up to a certain point and then cease and neither was it um never there in the first place. Yeah. It's uh it just has a different a different look.
0: A different look and a different flavor, and its purpose—the you know, God, this God's purpose, the Holy Spirit's purpose—is to draw us into a loving relationship with Him, a faithfulness and obedience, so that we can, you know, flourish. And uh, the, the demonic, the diabolical, its goal is to draw us away from God towards itself. Um, you know, and Lewis says this in order of you know, we want cattle so that they might become food, right? Yeah.
1: Yes, <laughs> right. Oh, great book. Anyway, that's our recommended reading, right? You gotta read it. Oh, gotta read. Gotta read the screw Tape Letters. It's, it's uh, the best Christian allegory of the 20th century, hands oh, down. so good, so good. So many quotable things, and so much wisdom. Um, all right, we're gonna take a little break, and when we come back, this may be a surprise even to the pastor, but we're gonna talk more about the devil, but it's gonna be in a fun way. Shut the dough, Keep out the double. Oh, and and one last recommended reading, Mike. I just thought of this.
0: There's for people who are maybe need some more mental scaffolding or framework to put around this. uh, Maybe helpful, maybe not. But there was this guy named Walter Wink who wrote this book called, or this trilogy or series of books called "The Principality and Powers," and so it talks about at least what it does is then translate the demonic into sort of structural, you know, structural realities. But it at least I think can help us. Begin to draw some connections to like that there are um, that there are things bigger than us that hold sway and influence over us. So it's sort of like a what well, we go from here to there to this intermediary step. And then that can help us maybe get to the reality of, of the whole shebang. You know, right. so that can be a, I think it can be a helpful intermediary step. And even the works of Walter Wink princip- on the principalities and powers and ways to think about, you know, systemic or structural evils and, and how that can help us understand okay, like there are bigger things that have influence on me. What if there are then bigger spiritual things that have influence on me?
1: Right. All right. There, you got your reading cut out for you, people. Uh, you have a trilogy, a trilogy, a trilogy, a trilogy, and a uh, and a short tone by C.S. Lewis. Read that on the break. No, no, you know what? <laughs> Listen to the pastor on the break. Read those in your own time, and then we'll be back and talk more about the devil, the fun one.
0: Hey everyone, it's Pastor Dave here. Thank you for listening to that long, rambling, uh, discursive uh, discussion that Mike and I had about devil and the realm of the spiritual i hope that uh, you walk away with some uh, provocative thoughts if not total confusion but hey we appreciate you so much and uh being loyal listeners to this podcast and so there's a couple ways you can connect with us one go to like and that's where you find all the old episodes and uh, our biographical information and you can sign up for the email newsletter that we occasionally send out with some big announcements on stuff that's going on uh, you can also go uh, to the iTunes Store, Apple Podcast, and please give us a rating and a review. Help us boost those numbers so that we can rise in the algorithm and take over the entire podcasting universe. Is that too much to ask, I say? To which the answer is no. All right, let's get back to this podcast and uh, something to do with d devil.
1: are back. And uh that was a devil of a of a uh, break there and an appeal, pastor. You help us out or they'll be hell to pay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. Well, a little treat that I'm springing on you is uh I'm going to quiz you about songs about the devil. Ooh. Satan, the devil, uh evil, but mostly I think there's enough Beelzebul. to just yes. Beelzebub, what are the many names of Satan that you can think of? uh, uh the author of All Lies. Uh, Ooh. Uh, uh, keep going, there's got to be more. The, Satan. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> Satan, the devil, Beelzebub. Um, uh, Apollyon. Krampus. Krampus. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, I thought I had more, but I guess I ran out quickly. Lilith. All right, we'll start... With the easy ones, uh, this is a, uh, a famous 1968 song by a band, The Rolling Stones. Oh. Can you name their song? I might have even had this on vinyl, Mike. <laughs> Let me see if I can pull up a sample. Please uh, I do. I may be able to. Oh yeah, but, uh, here we go. This is a sample. There is of... even
0: a whole album that the Stones had with Satanic. Really? really? Yeah, it was like their knockoff of the. Ooh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can even sing. Al- I can even sing along. It was him stepping on a tack. Ow! This is. A, I actually tried. To, I have a good story about this. Once we listen to it. Oh, good. Yeah, about this very song. But I want it to. The sample to go. There's a lot of lead up to this Oh, to introduce myself. I'm a man and taste. I've been around for a long, long while. Here what many man oh wow
1: he's doing the bending over and doing the chicken I dance was wrong and everything when
0: jesus christ oh, had no. his moment of doubt and pain made damn sure the pilot washed his hands and sealed his face look i'm
1: putting an end to this because pastor dave is Faithful actually doing things. the uh, <laughs> i'm getting he's down doing man. the chicken dance ooh i've got oh. the moves like jagger that is something I hoped I'd never see, and now I can never erase the, from my mind. What is your story? This Well, how about I name this song? This is Sympathy for the Devil by...
0: C- correct. ...the Rolling Stones. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I was... It, the year was 2011, 12 maybe, but um, I was leading a, 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 a spring break kind of mission experience, service experience from the church I was working at. Sure. And we went down to Skid Row... In Los Angeles, California, and Ooh, yeah, yeah, I mean, Skid Row is a rough place. Like, I had never been to a place as kind of downtrodden. That's, as that's Skid serious Row. stuff. Yeah, yeah, Skid Row in L.A. I mean, for those who've never been there, it's it's kind of like an uh, people live just outside in this one part of downtown L.A. And there's obviously been tons of poverty and drug abuse and violence and prostitution. I mean, there's just a lot of like. It's a really rough. Population of folks who are living down there and um in term i mean it's not I didn't feel it was particularly dangerous when we were there during the day, but just you know people you can tell are living very, very hard existences because yes. of various things and there's this one church down there that hosts a, a for the folks who live on Skid Row once a week hosts a karaoke night or karaoke night over karaoke karaoke yeah um and so there's a karaoke night down there on skid row at this methodist church or mission and so it's i mean you get you know you just get these colorful characters off the street and there's a meal there's a meal and then there's karaoke and so good idea yeah it's super fun and so i went to select a song and um i was just going through and i saw rolling stones and then I thought, man, sympathy for the devil because it's a the song. It's what it's really about. Is I feel like I could have said, well, listen, read CS, Lewis and listen to sympathy for sympathy for the devil. It's like manifestations of evil in right. the modern world. Um, right. Like this is the devil. Is isn't that basically the message of the song, Mike? I'm, I believe so. Yeah, yes. you know, I rolled Just a it. catalog of his modern crimes. Exactly. Ro- ro- wrote a tank, held a general's rank when you know the Blitzkrieg. Blitzkrieg Rage and the body stank. I mean, yeah, so this is just this catalog of terrible things done by the devil. And so I put in my request for Sympathy by the Devil. for, uh, And I'm a pastor, you know, youth pastor leading my youth group, and I was going to sing this song because of its message about the reality of and manifestations of evil in the modern world. And I was told, no, you cannot sing Why? a song about the devil oh, because about it's about the devil. The devil. Oh, And I was kind of like, I was kind of like uppity, like, are you, do you you really understand the message of the, you know, I didn't do that, but I felt when you're rejected in that way and you feel like you're being rejected because it's like, you've done something evil or bad, it feels kind of shaming as opposed to like, oh, maybe, maybe not here. It was more like a, like, what are you thinking? Wow. (laughs) So yeah. So then I ended up doing, I heard it uh, through the grapevine by the great Marvin Gaye. Oh, how did you do it that? I was, it was much worse. People were into it, but I mean, it's such a hard song to sing. That's a very hard song. To <laughs> yeah, sing. Like, why did I pick that? It's so hard.
1: All right, next song. I'm just going to play it because I'm not even going to. I gave you too many clues on the last one. So this one is coming straight at you. Wait for it. Wait for it. I could sing this word for word, but I won't. Oh,
0: I feel like we're in the '80s.
1: You gotta recognize. No, that
0: I like I do, but I don't. Is it? Is this Van Halen? Or like Metallica? Van
1: Halen. Van Halen. My life like you don't recognize the song. Wow. Oh, 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 I know it, 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 I know it Mike. Running with the devil. <laughs> right? Let's just get to the chorus, and then we'll shut this one down. Oh, there might be another verse, then we're going to have to cut it short. Yeah, well, if you we could skip the Here verse. There we go. Okay. <laughs> okay, there we go. That's a head pounder, huh? That is a head banging song. Oh, so great. What are you, uh, are you a uh, Hagar or uh Roth. Or, David uh, Lee Roth? David Lee, yeah. David Lee Roth.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow. But, the, I, Mike, I basically say that from a position of total
1: ignorance. I, I like, what no, was that from? That was David Lee Roth. Okay. Yeah, then I'm at David <laughs> Lee Roth. I have uh, no opinion on it either way. I'm staying out of that one. Uh, all right, this is a little more modern, maybe a little bit. Uh, yeah, that was from 1978. No! Whoa! This is from a decade later. And hopefully, an ad won't play. I am pulling <laughs> this off of Vivo. So, um, uh, no, it looks like we're going to go right to it. Okay, Take here we some go. Mucinex. All of these Ooh. songs have little intros. That... Well, that's for radio, you know. So you could be like,
0: all oh, right, Mercury's going to play tag yeah. with 49 degrees today.
1: Heading into the weekend. We got a pretty good show over at the Enormo <laughs> Dome. And then uh, come out and get your picture signed by us. But. Uh, Right up until the top of the hour, we're going to be hearing this song about the devil. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh, man. I knew this would be tough for you. This is hard. It's from a decade later. So it's 1988. Can you name the band? Do you have any clue? <laughs> Billy Idol?
0: It's not. But uh, it's not a bad guess. Dancing with the Devil?
1: Uh, Let's see. Here comes the chorus, I think. No, that wasn't the chorus. (laughs) All right. Uh, How about another clue? The lead singer took his own life about a decade ago, famously. George Michael? I believe he's Australian. Uh, George Michael killed himself? No, no. In excess? Yes. Okay. Uh, In excess. That is the devil inside. (laughs) That was popular. That was a top ten hit. Okay. How come you? Well, I guess the Rolling Stones are. Right? The Stones are the Stones, man. I know the Stones are the Stones. What about something more uh, contemporary? Um, mm, boy, they're they're tough. Uh, I'm not going to play you a Slipknot song. Oh, pl- the, <laughs> like <laughs> songs about? How about just
0: bands that like may prove the existence of the devil? Sl- Slipknot
1: top okay, of the list for me okay i got one more this one is going to be this is from left field if anyone gets this one i know this uh, S- send you, in send in your email yeah, and please we'll call in prize yeah. call in right away
0: <laughs> we'll give it to the ninth caller who calls in correctly at
1: 1-888-888-888 all right here we go this is a live performance oh this is starting right away we would have had a very special message for you from someone who touches all of our lives from time to time. I know this. I know that's dude you catch a glimpse of <laughs> the of your room when you know you've done something terrible during the day. You know who I'm talking about. He wishes you well. Oh, yes, he does. And he wants you to have the very happiest
0: of holidays
1: wherever you are. Uh, so you know who know this who is. It is? All right, let's let it go it, for a little it, bit. Yeah, I'll let the, it go. There's a uh, Viv Savage on organ there. Well, this is a spectacular lead up. <laughs> Alright guys, let's get into this. I'm skipping ahead. Alright. I'm trying anyway. What is it, Christmas? Christmas <laughs> with the devil, that is, of course. The great Spinal Tap. The great Spinal Tap, yeah. I think that's <laughs> from their second album, their second major release.
0: The, the, it reminded me when they saying that. I know it wasn't that song that reminds me of the
1: Stonehenge. Yes. <laughs>
0: when the tiny little Stonehenge. There's, uh, you Stonehenge. can't see it from there, but
1: I think uh, David St. Hubbins has a giant devil tail on. It's in the video there. <laughs> Christmas with the Anyway, I think that's enough (laughs) shenanigans. That's enough talking the devil. Uh, We'll probably be back next week talking about higher things, things in a higher spiritual realm. I hope so. I hope so, but this has been a fascinating journey. Thank you, Pastor, for your completely coherent rambling. Totally. Is it rambling if it's coherent? I think not. My table talk. Table talk. This was a good table talk, and we'll be back with another one of those. Uh, on Lake Trees, walking so long, so long. Shut the doe keep out the de devil. Shut the de
0: keep the devil in the night. Shut the keep out the de devil. Light a candle, everything's alright. Light a candle, everything's alright. Mine when was a baby child. Shut the dough, keep out the de devil.
1: Good and bad was just a game.
0: Shut the don't keep the
1: devil in the de night. Shut
0: the keep out the de devil. Shut the de don't keep the devil in the de Shut the don't keep out the de devil. Shut the do keep the devil in deny Shut the door, keep out the devil. Light a candle, everything's alright. Light a candle, everything's alright.